Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today because uh, my family has been a part of the Gateway family since about 2008 and so um, I really feel that we're a part of the same mob Uh, as we come together and uh, I'm not known to be a hugger of people uh, but I really do feel that sense that if we could just if I had big enough arms that we could all just grab each other and have this big group hug and uh, feel that sense of togetherness and closeness that's what I feel like in relationship with you at the moment I I hope by the end of today you feel the same about me too but if you could leave this place knowing that that sense of I belong here with this mob and that you experience the closeness with God and other people, uh, that'd be a real blessing uh, for me today, but for you as a community as well. So that's my prayer for you, that you'd leave this place uh, feeling that sense of connection and belonging. Um, At the moment, we're um, all going through a season, Gateway, all the campuses of Gateway are going through a season, uh, um, the one another season. And um, it's about uh, this discovery of some very simple biblical principles about how we do life together. Um, So it's a really important time. It also happens to be NADOC, um, which is a season in Australia which um, began kind of like in the early 1900s. It was actually kind of like a church-led movement uh, where, they, where they brought together this day of mourning. And over, over time, it has now morphed into this season of celebration around Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and, and how valuable these ancient cultures are to our Australian story. So I am a part of Gateway's Indigenous Fellowship, um, Weirgal, which means... Kinship, yeah, it is. So it's kind of like family, but it's, it's kind of more than just family. It's, it's the interrelatedness between God and, and yourself, other people, and in fact, all of creation. So it's really a, quite a, a deep connectedness is what we're talking about. Uh, so we really can celebrate together as a church that uh, Gateway is contributing to the positive story about Indigenous and non-Indigenous people coming together uh, and doing life together. And that's Pretty exciting, something worth celebrating, I reckon. So with these two starting points, um, the Together series, or what do they call it, One Another series, and NADOC, um, here is uh, my big idea for today. Uh, The core of our life together, that's the the central part of our life together as a community, in Weirgal, so that's in relationship with each other, uh, is to adopt the truth of forgiveness received from God by forgiving others. So I'll repeat that again. The core of our life together in Weirgal, that's all of us, in, in kinship, in fellowship with each other, is to adopt the truth of forgiveness received from God by forgiving others. So that's the big idea. That's where we're going today. So it would be rude of me not to share about uh, where I'm connected, uh, where I'm from and who I'm connected with. So um, I was born in Gunnedah, in northeastern New South Wales, a little country town there, along with my two brothers. And uh, Gunnedah is on the traditional land uh, of the Kamilaroi people. Um, And so as a consequence of being born there, I'm also a part of that tribe that wears blue during the State of Origin series. Um, We moved from Gunnedah in my family to a place called Wellington in New South Wales, which is kind of near Dubbo, uh, which is on Wiradjuri country. 
1975, which seems so long ago now. I think that's like history now, isn't it? 1975, so long ago, uh, my family moved to Canberra, which is Ngunnawal country. Uh, and this is the place where I grew up, spent my formative years there. Uh, it's a really significant place for me, Canberra. That's where I wet, met my wife, Jo. Uh, I'm a non-Indigenous person, but Jo is an Indigenous person. Her family is from uh, northeastern Tasmania, the Trawulwe people. Uh, and we met there. We had our first couple of kids there. It's where I became a follower of Jesus in the 1970s. And so Canberra is a very special, significant place to me. And it's where, when I, I don't get there very often, but when I do get there, I get that sense of feeling at home. You know what that's like, just to feel connected to a place? That's what I feel like when I go to Canberra. So Joe and I moved from Canberra with our couple of kids. We moved to Epping in Sydney for a few years, um, uh, which is on Wallamudigal land. And uh, here we had our third child, Melody. And in that time, uh, we lived on a street where my uh, grandparents lived. Um, and there were four generations of us living on the same street in, in Sydney for those five years, which was just pretty important. 2004, we moved to Queensland, and we now live on Kwandamooka country up in the, in the Redland City area, uh, which is really, uh, truly a precious place to live. It's very beautiful. Uh, I'm currently working for uh, a mob called Outback Futures, um, where we are facilitating intergenerational change in, in terms of suicide prevention and mental health in remote communities in Queensland. Uh, I am non-Indigenous. My wife is Indigenous. Um, but uh, I feel that sense of connectedness to place. Now, I didn't always uh, feel that way. I didn't really value all of these places as I was growing up, where uh, the people who were a part of that region... Um, and I don't stand here today as an expert in Indigenous culture. Uh, but as I've sought to grow in my understanding of God and where I fit into the world, where we all fit into the world, uh, I've really grown in my appreciation uh, for what God has in store for us. And I really resonate with um, when Paul, he's writing in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, um, and he, he writes these words. He said, God gives life, breath, and everything else to all people. For one person, God made all nations who live on earth, and he decided when and where every nation would be. Uh, God has done all of this so that we will look for him and reach out and find him. And he isn't far from any one of us, and he gives us power to live, to move, and to be who we are. So it means that during this season of NADOC, as a non-Indigenous person with English heritage, I really can celebrate Australian Indigenous people and their culture because I acknowledge when I do that, uh, that God has created all people uh, with a purpose, for a purpose, um, so that we would look to God and find him. Uh, and that's a pretty significant thing. So God has always been at work in this land, uh, in the more than 500 different uh, nations around the, uh, the continent, uh, many which have distinctive languages and cultures and belief systems. And today we want to look at one uh, story through the eyes and the artwork of one ancient people, the Walpuri people uh, of the northern Tanami Desert uh, of Central Australia. So we've got a bit of a picture here which tells a story. Um, and you can see on the picture, and if I got some closer, I'm going to leave my notes. I'm so anxious about that. Leave my notes over there. We've got to tell the story here. This picture, the, the Walpuri people, and so you, this is a story about uh, creation, and it has the colours of what you would imagine a, a group of people living in the desert would be like, so it doesn't have the blues and the greens of Kwandamuka country, where, where I'm living at the moment, 
but it has creation as seen through the eyes of desert people. Now, these little ewes here uh, in this story, uh, they're not boomerangs. Uh, you may be confused about that, but they actually represent people. And so the concept is if you're sitting in the desert in the sand, and you can try this at the beach yourself, you sit down in the sand and you get up again, you know, the shape that you leave behind is kind of like this U shape in the sand. So that's why it represents people. And they're all pretty much the same size there, which is unusual because when I sit in the sand, my, my shape is much bigger than that. I have a, yeah, it doesn't, no, obviously doesn't represent me, no. So in this story, there's, there's these U shapes. They represent people, real people. There's a really big one here. Can you imagine what that one represents, yeah? Creator God. Creator God is in this story, and it's interesting that in this story, the Creator God um, is sitting in the sand with his people. So that's an important thing to know. And Creator God is facing towards his creation. He's always facing towards his creation. So that's a really important part of the story. Um, You'll notice in these people, and in God too, there's these little dots, these little lines uh, and these dots uh, speak about the, the fact that there's, there's a connectedness here. They, these people are created in the same image as God. That means, you know, there's something shared between God and people. And that's really, really significant to notice. Um, you see that there's two groups of people here. Uh, this group of people here, they're kind of turned away from each other. Kind of they're living uh, in a way which is all about themselves, um, they're, they're separated from each other. So even though they're in, in a big group, um, they're, they're really not focused on the group. It's kind of, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but in a big crowd of people that you can actually feel quite alone. And that's kind of what that represents. They're, they're separated from each other. Uh, they're facing away from each other. And they're, uh, they're a long way from where God is. Even though God's facing his creation, they're a long way away. We have all these tracks that are leading up into this people group here. And this track is very important. There is a track for each person to make their way into this space, um, should they choose. So the second group of people here uh, are the group of people who are facing towards each other, uh, which is really important. They are uh, encompassed in, in God who is facing towards them, and they are facing towards each other. Um, that, that is very, very significant in, in this story. Two groups of people. So what is the difference between the two groups of people? Proximity to God, so closeness or connection to God, and the fact that they're facing, this group's facing towards each other. This group is facing apart. So uh, that's, a, that's a really um, significant story uh, told in a picture form by the Walpuri people. Some of you may recognise um, that that story... Is, um, is really a retelling uh, of another ancient story uh, from another ancient group of people. Um, so I'm going to read to that to you from the scriptures. Um, so we have an ancient people who've painted a picture. We've got ancient people who have written in the scripture. It's poetical, isn't it? That's rhyming words. Yes, not if you understand and smile and agree. Okay, so I'm going to read to you uh, from this scripture. And if you've got your uh, Bible with you, you can read it. It should be on the screen, I hope. Um, and it is a scripture written by a bloke called Paul to an ancient people who live in a town called Colossae. So it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14. It says, Each of you is now a new person. You're becoming more and more like your creator, and you'll understand him better. 
It doesn't matter if you're a Greek or a Jew or if you're circumcised or not. You may even be a barbarian or a Scythian and you may be a slave or a free person, yet Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. God loves you and he has chosen you as his own special people. So be gentle and kind, humble, meek and patient. Put up with each other and forgive anyone who does you wrong, just as Christ has forgiven you. Love is more important than anything else. It's what ties everything completely together. So in this story, how do we recognise the difference between those who are in Christ Jesus? Paul says it's proximity to God. He says he lives in all of us. And how do we recognise the other part of it? How do they face towards each other? Paul says, put up with each other. Forgive anyone who does you wrong. It is facing towards other people. The same as the picture. So the core of our life together in Weirgal, in kinship, as Christ followers is to adopt the truth of forgiveness that we've received from God by forgiving others. The questions for for me today for you is this picture and the scripture, both ancient stories. The question is, are are they far-fetched stories? Are they far, is this a story, the picture and the scripture, a story of another time far away? Is that story a story of a myth or a fable, that it simply doesn't apply in our more sophisticated time that we live in now. That's one perspective we could have of that story as we read it and see it. Uh, Perhaps you look at this scripture, read this scripture, and uh, look at the picture and you say, this is a story about a time in the future, sometime far away. Um, Perhaps a vision for a community that, that is better than us and may exist in the future, and it's kind of like when you die and you go to the good place. Maybe that's where this story fits in. Or you could read this story from the perspective that it is a story for us today, for the whole of creation in Australia, for Indigenous and non-Indigenous people, for people who live in Brisbane, for people who live in Logan, uh, for people in your family and for you personally. The truth of the matter is that the way that you view this story, whether it is out there, far away, or into the future, or whether you believe it is here right now, is really, really important. If you believe it is far far away there, it's not connected to you, but if you believe this story here is about you and it begins inside of you, it's in your heart, it is something that you experience, uh, then it makes all the difference to how we are going to engage um, with the rest of the world. And in fact, I've got to say, uh, it, it seems to me that if this is not a story for us today, right now, then the good news about Jesus is either kind of irrelevant uh, or lacking in a lot of power. So I really think it's important for us to grasp in our minds and really in our hearts that this is something, a story for us uh, to experience today, really important for our life together. So let's look at that one dimension, the really important dimension in our life together. It's called forgiveness. Forgiveness is all about making relationships right with each other. That's with yourself, forgiving yourself, 
uh, making a relationship right with God, with all of creation. Forgiveness is a big issue uh, when it comes to our life together. And Paul says to you and to me and all of us that we need to put up with each other, that we need to forgive anyone who's done us wrong, just as Christ has forgiven, forgiven us. In this picture, God is facing towards his creation. Uh, we know God could have turned away because it's a pretty messed up world, but the, he deliberately steps into the world and he sits in the dirt, in the sand with us. It's like a, a posture that's facing towards you and stepping towards you. In the same way, our posture should be faced towards others. Our ability to engage with the world is, is largely to do with the posture that we take towards the world. It doesn't mean that other people will turn back towards you, but it does mean that there's now an openness and a possibility. The first step is for us to seek and to understand. I found that my attitude towards forgiveness has changed over the years. I used to think it was just something I did in, in my head. Uh, but I want to share a bit of a story about uh, my family and how I learnt that forgiveness was more, to me anyway, was more than just something I did in my head. Uh, but it was actually an action that you had or that I had felt I had to take. It was, a, it was a proactive sitting in the sand and facing towards somebody. So when I was growing up, uh, my dad left my family uh, when we were living in Canberra. Uh, so I was this young bloke at the time, and um, he left our family, and in many ways, it felt like nothing, because, you know, a pretty good family anyway, and, and we grew up as, you know, brothers and a mother and grandparents, and we had a pretty good family, in some ways didn't notice that my dad wasn't even there, um, and so often we didn't know where he was, you know, like it'd be a few years, um, you know, he'd pop up, and we'd find out, oh, he's over here, or he's living there, and um, I remember one day, as a teenager, um, watching the telly, and it was like the Formula One uh, Grand Prix that was taking place in Adelaide, and uh, there was this family going to be on the TV to compete against uh, a professional racing team, you know, where they changed the tyres on the Formula One vehicle and a, a family, and all of a sudden on the TV, my dad appears on the TV with his other family that he's now a part of, and, and he's the one I didn't even know he was living in Adelaide. I hadn't heard from him for years and years, and so every so often things would pop up where he would reappear and it would just feel uncomfortable in our lives because obviously there was something there which, um, which changed. Uh, it wasn't just all forgotten. So um, the week before I was getting married to, to Joe, uh, I was at work and I received a phone call at my work desk. And this was at a time before mobile phones, so you know somebody had to know your phone number at your work desk. And lo and behold, it was my dad who called me. I had no idea. I hadn't heard from him for years. I certainly hadn't invited him to the wedding. And the fact that he was uh, calling me the week before the wedding, I certainly wasn't going to change my mind and invite him to the wedding. But it turns out that, uh, you know, he was living in Tasmania at the time. And guess where Joe and I were going on our honeymoon? We were heading off to Tasmania. Now, it's a really bizarre sort of thing. It really, it really got me thinking that um, this whole idea of forgiveness, you know, I reckon I had said, you know, I forgive my dad for leaving me umpteen times. Um, but this opportunity to reconnect with him uh, in Tassie was just a really interesting challenge in my faith about what, what forgiveness really looks like. Uh, and so we did. We, uh, we connected with him uh, in Tassie. And, you know, we, over the years since then, so that was like in 1991, that's been a long time ago, uh, my dad's been married a few other times, um, had some other families, 
disappointed us many, many times, but along the way has been this choice because I, I've experienced forgiveness from God in my own life that meant I really wanted to step into a relationship. It takes a deliberate choice on the part of someone to stay in contact with my dad. So every so often, I give him a call, how are you going, and, um, and keep that connection going. Now, he hasn't turned towards me in the same way that I'd like him to, but, but there's an opportunity because I'm turned towards him that he might one day find that, uh, that track or that pathway uh, to be connected as well. So forgiveness for me was more than this just intellectual thing, but it was a posture that I took that said, I'm going to enter into this relationship, put myself in a position where I'm going to be potentially hurt again, which I have been many times, uh, but without being in that posture, uh, I didn't feel I could offer the same kind of forgiveness that I had received from God. So that forgiveness kind of operates at a very individual level for ourselves. Sometimes we need to learn to forgive ourselves in the same way. Um, it applies in our families, just like my story with my dad. It applies here in our church family. It applies, um, you know, in our nation. Um, no matter which level it operates at, it is always personal because there's real people who are all carrying the image of God it applies to our shared story as Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Uh, we recognise, I think most of us would recognise, that there's a bit of a wound at the heart of our nation. There's a disconnect between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. And we can take the view, the posture, that says, you know, it's not my fault, it's not my story, it's someone else's problem, then we're missing an opportunity uh, to experience life Together, forgiveness seeks to, sh to, to understand the pain in our shared story. It's to take the posture of facing towards another person, even when we don't really understand it. My uh, intentional journey myself in facing towards Australia's first people began not in a remote community, in a desert community, but in a very local meeting place in uh, McDonald's in Kapalabar. It is now uh, a bit, we have a bit of a joke about it that McDonald's Kapalabar is a bit of a sacred space for us because when we get together, even, even leading up to preparing for today, you know, we met a few times at sacred space. Um, very, very local for us. And it was there at McDonald's and Kapalabar a number of years ago, I first met Reverend Graham Paulson, uh, the granddad for young Graham. Um, and uh, Uncle Graham was uh, ordained as the first Baptist Australian uh, Aboriginal pastor. And uh, at that very first meeting, uh, I also was there with his son, Grant, um, who's preaching at Mackenzie this morning. And we've just got a little bit of a, of a video clip uh, from Uncle Graham, um, just sharing a little bit about his experience as an Indigenous person. This process of colonisation affected me in a, in, a, in a couple of ways. Uh, in the sense that uh, my Aboriginal parents and grandparents were dispossessed and displaced. But on my grandfather's side, he was uh, brought out from Vanuatu, uh, picked up out of a fishing canoe and brought to Australia to cut cane and forced uh, into uh, labouring on a farm in Bundaberg in central North Queensland. The, the difficulty is this, is this that 
it's hard then to get a proper perspective on socialisation processes because what gets passed down is the the enormous hurt and and disorientation that comes from losing one's land, losing one's identity, losing one's goal and purpose in life. And this is passed down from my grandparents to my parents and from my parents to me. And so I've had to deal with this disquiet and, uh, and dysfunction that, that I couldn't explain. Yeah, so to meet uh, Uncle Graham for the first time was uh, really significant for me because I, I really didn't understand all this story. It just seemed out there. And you may even feel that even hearing the story today um, from, from Uncle Graham that it's really just a, another person on a video saying something about their background. And he used these words, disposed, displaced, disquiet, dysfunction, um, which are really you know, powerful kind of words in their own right. Uh, you know, experiences he's had through no fault of his own, but have just been passed down uh, as, as a consequence of where he was born and, and the family he was born into. But we can feel disconnected from that kind of story. And so what, what was really important about McDonald's Capalabar for me is that here I was right now confronted with a person, a real person right before me. It wasn't a story on a video. Uh, it was a real person, a real relationship. And it actually turns out I could really identify with this family myself because Grant, who uh, is Uncle Graham's son, what well, turns out, I discovered at the time, that I went to school with him in Canberra. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, I went back and had a look and I found this grade four photo and here we are standing next to each other in the grade four photo. And so all of a sudden I had this connection to this family because they're, they're just like me. And uh, Grant is the same age as me. Uh, he got married pretty young. He's lived in Sydney and Canberra and a few places than me. He's, he's got the same sort of education, you know, as I do. Um, he has, uh, he's working for a not-for-profit organisation like I do. There are so many similarities. He, he has trouble dealing with his children and he's growing up children like I do. And uh, he's just a real person. But the, the difference in the story I started to understand as I personalised my relationship with him uh, was the difference between where we were born, the family we were born into. And so in my case, you know, my... Uh, you know, sorry, in Grant's case, you know, his granddad and, and great-granddad were, were, you know, taken as slaves or, or taken away and separated from their family. And, uh, and, and when they worked, uh, he's got a story of his, his mum on the video, when she worked, well, the government took her, her wages away from her and, and, and paid it back to the Queen's. My, my granddad, different kind of story. He worked really hard. He was a builder in Sydney, built houses. But when he, when he came home and earned his money, he got to keep it all. Uh, he built his house in Sydney and uh, he lived in that same house for 70 years and nobody shifted him on or moved him on. So at the end of his life, when he died, you know, the, the, the house that he had built and was now worth a lot of money in Sydney was able to be passed on as an inheritance to his children and to me and my brothers and to my kids. Uh, really personal differences between our experiences and yet we're the same. We're in the same, we live in the same Kwandamuka country and we go to the same church together, but our backgrounds have dictated a different kind of story. 
So that, that kind of opportunity to get to know somebody and to hear their story and to sit alongside them changes your whole perspective about whether it's out there or whether it's something in here, inside of our hearts. The actions uh, that have occurred at the past of our nation are, are real things and uh, the result of that has been that people have turned away from each other. So Indigenous and non-Indigenous, they're, they're faced away from each other. Uh, but the good news is that there is a vision for our life together and involves uh, this story of God. It involves a God who sits in the sand, who, who steps into our world and, and sits down with us, uh, seen in Christ Jesus. And he faces towards his creation, all of his creation. He doesn't, doesn't turn away from anybody. Um, and he gives his life freely to all people. Our part of that journey is uh, to be in Christ, is to learn to face towards each other, to learn to take that posture of forgiveness and facing towards other, to forgive and be forgiven where it is required. Our part of the journey is to take this track, and for many people, this track uh, is what they need to do to, to walk into this place where they're in proximity to God, in closeness to God, and turn to face towards each other. This is the kind of posture that we're taking in Weirgal, uh, in kinship with each other, to, to learn to face towards each other and to see how together as a family, uh, how we can be one another with each other. Um, and I reckon that's something to be celebrated and, and a direction that Australia will, will impact upon Australia as a nation. Uh, I think we've got another quick, quick, quick clip from Uncle Graham, which we're going to have a look at. The Australian church needs to rediscover the, the prayer of John 17. When Jesus prayed for the church, the primary prayer point was that, they'd all, that they all may be one, even as we are one. Discovering what that oneness is, discovering how that oneness can be expressed is part of the task of today's uh, church in this country. That's a really significant message to kind of end on for the Australian church, that we would be one with each other. That's a really important thing. We really need to take on that idea that God has forgiven us, we can forgive others and take that posture of facing towards people. Uh, the way that uh, many uh, cultures have, uh, have reminded themselves of this truth throughout the ages is to participate in a, an ancient ceremony which we're going to be doing uh, this morning. Uh, that ceremony we call uh, communion or often we refer to it as communion. So in the picture there is this, uh, this walking track that leads people into proximity or closeness to God uh, where you will experience His forgiveness and you're able to take the posture of facing towards others. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to Gateway Baptist.